This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash excuse for free trial membership. This is Writing Excuses, Season 5, Episode 12. Time travel! I'm Brandon. I'm Dan. I'm Howard. Okay, well, it's not actually about time travel, um, so you're probably going to be sad. But it is about time travel. No, it's us time traveling. Yes. Um, we are going to give advice to our past selves. Um, this is kind of a, a play on the, um, the whole, you know, what have we learned? But really, we want to look back at ourselves before we were established professionals in our fields and give ourselves advice. What would we say specifically to ourselves? And we'll see if this actually works. And if it doesn't, then um, we'll go back in time and tell ourselves <laughs> not to record this not episode. to do this. Uh, all right, Dan, um, you're first off. Okay, here's one piece of advice. I would go back in time to myself about, let's say, 12 years ago. Um, and I would say, stop playing video games. This is a big change that I made when I sold a book. I said, if I'm going to do this professionally, I need to treat it like a job... I need more room in my schedule than I have. Something has to go, so I cut out video games. That increased my productivity so much, and I wish I had done it years earlier. Hmm. That's, um, that's, that's very So you wanted nice. to go back to 1998 and tell yourself to quit playing... StarCraft. StarCraft. Yeah. And, and you know what? That's fair, because... Uh, all those video games in 1998, they, they sucked. They yeah, I mean, if only rates, they knew. They to, you couldn't play them on a <laughs> wide true. screen. If I yeah. went back in time and showed my old self StarCraft 2 and said, just wait for this one. Well, but then you would have sucked when StarCraft 2 came out. I know, I'd be hor- I, I'm horrible at it anyway. So. Um, no, this is great advice. We often tell people, they say, what are you looking, how do I write? I don't have time. Um, Dan is the poster boy for this because you um, having, what did you have, three kids at the time? Uh, um, yeah. Three kids at the time, mm-hmm. working a full-time job, still found a way to... seven? Five? Yeah. I, I <laughs> seven. now have 12 children. <laughs> I thought four it was of a, them have names. I thought it was a prime number. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <clears throat> no, I, um, I was actually fortunate in a lot of ways. I've talked about this before, but I, I consider myself very lucky in several instances. And there are several things I wouldn't change about what I did. Number one, I wouldn't change the fact that um, I was too scared to submit at first. Now, that's odd advice. Um, A lot of people will tell you, you got to start submitting stuff, start sending it out. But the fact that I was too frightened, really, um, to to send things out meant that I could kind of write in my own little writer's personal enclave for a little while, and I I completed a number of books before I started showing them to anybody, which really helped my confidence, um, the fact that I could finish books. Now, that's not going to be great advice for everyone. So the advice you'd go back and give yourself is, uh, you're doing fine, do it just (laughs) like this, that's perfect. Now, there are a few things I would change, though. I just wanted to bring that one out because it's contrary advice Mm -hmm. to what most people get, and it's, again, not everything is going to work for everybody, and I think one big piece of advice I would give myself is the one that I give to new writers a lot on this podcast, which is, it doesn't matter if other writers do it, you don't have to. Um, Meaning, try out a lot of different things, but understand that this process of becoming a professional writer is all about learning your process. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Howard, what would you? What, what advice would you give yourself? I would go back to 1995, when I had an idea to write a science fiction story and have a friend of mine illustrate it, 
and, and post it on the internet. And understand, back then, I didn't even know what a GIF file was. I didn't even know that there was image compression that would work mm -hmm. for things like this on the web. But I thought, you know, the, a, a comic on the internet, it sounds like a great way to tell a fun story. I would go back to myself back then and say, okay, first of all, uh, your friend's never gonna draw any pictures. Um, second, this is a fantastic idea. You're going to execute on it in five years, and you're still not going to know how to draw. So you might as well start learning to draw now. <clears throat> that's, a, that's, that's great advice. Don't waste time uh, wishing that someone else would draw this for you. Because that's mm -hmm. five years of drawing practice. <clears throat> if I had just drawn one picture a day for five years and nothing else, then when I finally got around to launching Schlock Mercenary, the art would not be quite so um, yeah. um, primal. Yeah. Primal. That's it's the word we're going to use for the primal. What an primal. awesome word. Yes. Yeah. I'm yeah. All, With I, untamed talent seething beneath the surface. <laughs> yeah, that's what people see when they look at that. They say, yeah. wow, look at that untamed raw, talent. untamed talent just spilling off the page. Almost you know, as if you didn't know how to hold a pencil. <laughs> that, um, that's, that's very good advice, though, is I remember hearing this from, uh, I, I think, back when we were in the class with Dave Wolverton, and he said that one of the best pieces of writing advice is write. You know, everyone has an idea they want to do. The difference between writers and everyone else is that the writers just sit down and do it. Yes, you're not going to be good at it at first, but that's why you do it, is so you can become And good. I think for me, there was this mystique behind the, the drawing part where I thought that this is something I could never do. Uh, and there's probably people out there who want to be able to tell a story and feel like, oh, I'm just not ready to try and tell that story yet. I need to learn something else. Oh, shut up and start writing. Shut up and start drawing. Yeah. That's, you're not going to learn it until you pick up the pencil, put your hands on the keyboard, slap yourself down, and start making your art. You know, and um, something else about your story there that, that's... Um, raised a red flag for me is the whole idea of collaboration. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of people, okay, there are a small number of people out there for whom <laughs> beginning collaborating is, is a good way for them to start. Mike Krahulik and Jerry yeah. Holkins mm -hmm. are the textbook example of they started collaborating and have a multi-million dollar yeah. penny arcade empire as a result. And, yep. um, and it, it does work. So that's, it's, you know, one of these sort of, it doesn't, don't always take every bit of advice, but for 90% of the people I've met who say, we're going to start writing a story together or we're going to start working together, um, it, it's a disaster. Yeah. Um, it makes them both procrastinate. One is never as dedicated to it as the other, or they're both kind of dedicated to their own ideas and mm -hmm. don't want to do the other person's ideas secretly. Um, and it just, it's... It's, it's dangerous. Yeah. It's something that we've discussed in an entire podcast before, yeah. so... If, if you're wondering about this, go back and find that one. Yeah, collaboration. Um, all right, uh, let's do our book of the week. Um, my wife is actually going to do uh, the book of the week for us this week. The book of the week is We Free Men by Terry Pratchett. It is about nine-year-old Tiffany Aching. She learns about sheep, about her family, about witches, and has lots of crazy experiences with a bunch of red-haired, blue-skinned, Scottish-sounding pixies. And it's hilarious. Um, even though she's a, the protagonist is a nine-year-old, the, the humor is funny to anyone, I think. And it's also very thought-provoking. It makes you think about, made me think about 
families and about loss as well as making me laugh. All right. Um, you can uh, download a free trial copy of that by going to audiblepodcast.com slash excuse. Uh, support us and the podcast and support Terry Pratchett in his awesome writing. Yeah, I'd just like to echo Emily's uh, plug. I, I love We Free Men. I love the whole Tiffany Aching series. Lots of fun. Um, so I've got another piece of advice for myself. Um, I've written about this on my website before. I may have mentioned on the podcast, but I, I entered something of a, a little bit of a dark time for myself in writing. It wasn't that dark, but um, it was actually after you left, Dan, our mm-hmm. writing group, and moved to, to Logan. Um, I was getting very discouraged with my writing, and I started writing toward the market. Um, and I produced a couple of books that were really dreadful um, for me. Because I was, instead of saying, oh, this is awesome stuff that I want to do, um, I was going and saying, well, what are people buying instead? <clears throat> and um, I would give myself that piece of advice. Uh, stay the course. Keep going. You aren't the only person who has written you know, nine novels and not had any of them get published. Um, the longer I'm in this business, the more I find that there are plenty of people who wrote even more than I did um, before getting published. I hadn't been going that long at that point. I mean, you know, five years, six years is not a very long time in this business mm-hmm. to be trying and not breaking in. I was starting to think I, I was hopeless, though. Now, this begs the, uh, the uh, classic time travel question, which is, if you had told yourself that, you know, stay the course and don't bother trying to write towards the market, um, would you have learned, the, the you who's listening to the right. advice, would you have learned enough just from getting the advice to, to benefit and be the strong writer that you are today? Or are there a couple hundred thousand words in there that you just need See, to write? I don't know. I mean, we're, we don't want to really delve into the whole, you know, <laughs> change, go back and tell yourself this, and suddenly Hitler rules America somehow um, <clears throat> sort of thing. But, I mean, I wrote Elantris before I wrote these books. Okay. I wrote White Sand um, before I wrote these books, which um, Elantris and White Sand are the two books that generally my, um, my, my friends and um, even my, the professional contacts consider the best books of my unpublished career. Um, I wrote Dragonsteel, which was the most ambitious. It didn't quite work, but it was the most ambitious. I wrote all three of those books, and then after that, went and started working on the books that didn't sell, and I didn't feel comfortable even after having written them even sending them out places. Um, now, maybe there are some things I learned in the course of writing those books. Certainly there are. But I, I wonder if I could have learned more by writing books I actually cared about. Yeah. Quite possibly. Advice I would go back and give myself uh, after I'd actually started cartooning, um, I, would, I would tell myself to try outlining much earlier on in my writing career. You know, try to outline from the beginning of the story to the end of the story um, and think in terms of uh, making promises to the reader and then fulfilling them. Uh, Just Mm -hmm. structurally, I think that that lesson is one that uh, conceptually has been one of the most valuable for me. Um, I still don't do a whole lot of outlining. I'm not especially good at it. But some of the very best things I've written were things where I managed to outline my way all the way past to the big reveal before I started writing uh, the first strips. 
I still think one of the best things you've written is that um, res Mad Scientist Residence bonus story, which I believe was one of the ones that you hashed out ahead of time. That, yep, that we outlined that and then wrote it all the way out and actually penciled it all mm -hmm. the way out and took it to you, Brandon, and, and Dan for uh, critique and then Me, added the page as a result. Which other Brandon? Are, are you two-timing me with another no, Brandon? No, he was talking to Abraham Lincoln. Oh. That's right. Oh, Mr. Lincoln. That's Hello. right. Time traveling. We're he's, doing this in, um, in the theater. By the way, Lincoln, duck. Um, okay. Um, if okay. I, Here, here's okay, advice Dan. that I would go back and give to myself, which w would be uh, try new things. Mm. I, for the longest time, thought that I was going to be a fantasy author because that's what I read epic all fantasy. the time. You epic thought you were fantasy. Epic fantasy. Epic fantasy. Yep. And uh, you guys, unfortunately, may have the opportunity to hear some of that uh, in an upcoming episode. But I stuck with that for four books before I started branching out and trying new things. And at that point, I said, well, I'm going to do an historical. I'm going to do a horror. I'm going to do all these other things. And eventually found a genre that fit me much better. And I wish that I had done that much earlier. Mm. And so that would be my advice is don't marry yourself to one genre right off the bat. Keep, you know, try new things. Play yeah. the field. That's excellent. Um, if I could go back in time, I'd actually go back in time about an hour and um, ask Howard to wear pants to this podcast tonight. Um, I already tried that. Oh, yeah. And that resulted in the pants not being on. Oh. Which we, is how we see time I've travel. I've got my coat in my lap. Messes. We're okay. <laughs> Howard's also on medication, so um, <clears throat> yeah, it's <coughs> why the witty repartee from my end of the room is not quite as witty. It's about ten <laughs> seconds behind everyone. Or repart repartious. I'm surrounded. I'm surrounded by about six inches of really slow air. <laughs> yeah, that's Abraham Lincoln's fault. <laughs> uh, I got a serious one. Okay, I would go back to 1993, 1993, no, 1992, uh, October of 1992, uh, when I first met Sandra, um, I played the, the scenario out in my head where I asked myself, uh, Howard, if you're really in love with this woman, would you be willing to give up your music career in order to be married and have kids? And I answered, you know, in my own head, I answered, oh, absolutely. But don't be ridiculous. I'm not going to have to do that. I would tell myself, yes, you are going to have to do that, and it's going to be okay. And that would cheapen the whole decision and probably destroy my marriage. <laughs> There's a butterfly effect for you. Yes. Okay. Well, another butterfly well, effect one, but one that, that I would tell myself, and I would tell a lot of our writers um, that are listening, is to stop worrying um, this is, I mean, we're, by nature, I mean, we just worry. But I worried a lot about publishing. Um, now, you guys know me. No, I'm not a very high-stress person. But it was a pretty high-stress for thing for me, looking forward and thinking, wow, um, I have put all my eggs in this basket. I have not really trained myself career-wise to do anything other than write. Um, I spend all of my time writing. If I you know, fall face first on this, I've got nothing. Um, am I ever going to be able to support myself, let alone a family? All these things. I spend a lot of time worrying about this that um, is just a lot of wasted time because at the same time, I was loving what I was doing. Absolutely loving it. Um, I enjoy writing to an extent that I, um, there are very few things that come even near. And 
if I would have just focused on that and less on the worrying, I think I would have been better off. So guys, stop worrying. Plus, I totally could have gotten you a job writing catalog copies. Yeah, you totally could have. For the shampoo place. If I would have known that, my, that I had a great <laughs> fallback, that I could be writing shampoo catalog copy with Dan. Oh, the heady days that might have been. <laughs> I'd say it's better than turning very <laughs> grammatically Abraham correct Lincoln burgers. Found his <laughs> yes. Um, very, I'll, I'll, I'll finish up with okay. a really quick one. I would have gone back, I, I would go back in time to myself in high school and tell myself that you can make a living as an artist. Mm. That was a huge life-changing thing for me when uh, Dave Wolverton told me that in college. And it had never occurred to me that that was possible. And I had had this dream since childhood and had never followed up on it because I thought, well, of course you can't do that. You can't write books for a living. You have to have a job. Well, that reminds me. Um, do you guys mind if I take a self-indulgent moment and plug the writing conference that I'm doing next oh. month? Please do. Oh, please um, do. Dave Wolverton is going to be one of the presenters. Um, it's being um, put on mostly by Kevin J. Anderson, um, but it's got Eric Flint and Rebecca Moesta and myself all going to be there. It's in Salt Lake. It's called um, Superstars Writing Seminars. And it's basically a crash course in the business of writing. Um, all the stuff that Dave taught us in our class, plus um, a lot of really great professional writers talking about contracts, about getting an editor, getting an agent, what agents do. Um, really a lot of access to some professional writers. We did this once before last year. And it was fantastic. So I looked at the yeah. website for that and realized that with the exception of the, of the one guest who's yeah. new, mm -hmm. um, I have heard every one of the people there speak and they've all been awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, fantastic. The, Eric Flint knows so much. You guys don't understand how much this guy knows about the business. He's been worked as an editor. He's worked as an author. And um, Kevin and Rebecca, of course, are just brilliant, and Dave too. So, um, anyway, you can look that up. Superstars writing seminars. Um, it's it's going to be a fun time. So in 2015, when we record another time travel episode, yes, I'll probably be telling myself, you know what. Uh, you may think you know everything, but you should go ahead and go to that thing in January <laughs> anyway, Howard. All right. Um, your, um, your writing prompt is to um, go forward in time and get next week's writing prompt and write a story based on it. Nice. This has been Writing Excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go write. If you aren't familiar with Locus Magazine, they're a long-standing and respected website, magazine, archive, and resource for science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Basically, they're the industry magazine for our genre. They also run the annual Locus Awards, a top-tier award that recognizes new, diverse, and excellent voices in speculative fiction. They tell the storyteller's stories through author interviews, book reviews, curated reading lists, international industry news, obituaries, and more. Locus has meant a lot to me, both personally and professionally. In my career, I've been interviewed by them, and I've also turned to them as a source of understanding who is involved in the industry. Locus is holding their annual fundraising drive to keep their doors open, lights on, and future bright. I'll be contributing to their crowdfunding campaign by donating a cutscene, some original art, and a couple of other things like... Do you want to do a one-on-one -on -one chat with me? So join me in supporting Locus.